As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me a new friend and a very special human. Her name is Liz Corwin. Liz is a military woman. Liz is a yoga teacher. Liz is, first of all, to be thanked for your service. On behalf of all of us listening, Liz has served how many tours? Um, I did a tour in Iraq, Afghanistan, so two overseas. Yep, she is a Navy pilot. Yep, former Navy pilot. Former Navy mm -hmm. pilot, and you were a Navy pilot for how long? Um, I was active duty for eight years, and now I'm still in the reserves. Got uh, it. And I've been in the reserves now for about seven, almost seven, so almost 15 years. Wow. And you're how old? 36. Wow, <laughs> dude. Wow. Wow. I want to start this by saying I really do thank you for your service. My dad was in the army for some time and he never actually served, but he was in and it's a very big choice. So thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. It's always a, a strange thing to be thanked. I get it, it's very, um, I don't know, it causes this like, do I deserve this? Do they really know? Like what, you know, because when you're 21, I suppose, too, you're like, <laughs> did I even know what I was doing? Did you know what you were doing to be thanked for? <laughs> you know, right. So there's, um, that's always sometimes an odd thing to hear. But I, as I also understand how important it is sometimes for people to get to say, right, you know, and it is so. important, because I could also, there was a period of time where I felt like, Oh, God, how do we, how do we have an army, a Navy, an Air Force? How do we do? Why are we doing this? And so there was also that. But then, you know, as I got older, I realized this is a service. You've chosen mm -hmm. to do a service like any other service for your country. And it doesn't necessarily mean you are, you know, angry or belligerent mm -hmm. or any of the things that one would think mm -hmm. when one would think about such a thing. But you were doing a service and yeah. you chose it at a young age. And I think that's very brave. Yeah, it's taken it's taken years for me to recognize kind of what it is that you do give up because yeah. it's not always what you think right. in terms of service and, and what you're doing. Um, later, I've really realized what the different direction it takes in your life yeah, and almost the healing that needs right. to come from it because right. you chose that. Right. Um, so. First of all, I just want to interrupt us by saying we are now officially surrounded by two construction zones below us. Some pretty great jackhammering might happen, and above us, some hammering might happen. Mm -hmm. So I apologize for that, but I did want to postpone 
this conversation. I've been really looking forward to it. What led you at the age of 21 to want to serve? Um, my older brother had been in the army or he had done uh, ROTC in college and done the army. And, um, so I, you know, I didn't have a lot of family members that had done it, but he and I were pretty close and the university I wanted to go to was a pretty expensive one. And I, um, the ROTC program was such a great opportunity to, uh, financially support yourself through college, um, but also have some pretty unique opportunities. And so, I don't know, I, I, I saw it more as this is very unconventional. Uh, and I think I did a lot for shock value, of, right. you know, not just to anyone else, but to myself. And at that time, at that time, you know, the things that you have to prove of yourself. And of course you can say these things later in life as you look back and you're like, wow, <laughs> you know, the, the things that motivated us and right. all the things behind that. But it was definitely, um, it just sounded extreme and exciting and unique. Yeah. That kind of draw me to it. ROTC stands for reserve officer. Um, let's see, reserve officer training. I can't even remember anymore. Reserve okay. officer training corps or something. I think that's um, what it is. But, uh, yeah. So we just always called it ROTC. In Rotsy. fact, my nickname on campus was like ROTC chick or something. Like oh, it was just cute. a very, uh, uh, playful name. But yeah, so there was, it was just a great way for me to pay for college, yeah. um, and make it through. So and then, of course, you graduate, and you're right. automatically an officer in the military. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Wow. And then you decided to become a Navy pilot at what point? <laughs> I just can't even. It was like junior year, and we had to um, put in applications for, if you wanted to be a pilot, you had to put in an application. Right. And I'm like, well, yeah, I want to put in an application to do that. But I hadn't really thought of it up till then. Like, I wasn't one of those kids that was like, oh, I know that I want to join the military and become a pilot. It was more like, what's the next cool thing? <laughs> like, what's the next exciting thing? And so then now once I'm in it, I'm like, all right, well, that sounds like the most fun. Mm -hmm. um, so let's try it. I, I don't know. I didn't really have a plan. It was, it was a little bit yeah. spur of the moment. Well, it seems like the universe was obviously driving you in a certain direction because here you are with a voice and a vision, mm -hmm. which is really important. You, let's walk through uh, the next few years that brought about Walkabout Yoga and, and move from there. I have yeah. some more questions too. So I, um, right, so I went into the military, active duty. I was flying for a long time. And um, what was the training like? Hold on, <laughs> just wait one second. What was the training like? Was it crazy? It was very stressful. That's actually when I found yoga. That's how I found yoga, like, was my... And I didn't know anything about what I was doing. Like, I didn't know what this yoga thing was. I just knew that I walked into this room, and for an hour, I was nobody. Mm. <laughs> and nobody was watching me, and nobody was critiquing. And it didn't matter if I screwed up, because nobody was looking at me. It was just this space. Mm. And I really had no other understanding of what I what I'd found. Um, I think it was just, like, the little bit of silence of my own... Of that own inner dialogue of yeah. attack and criticism and judgment and everything that goes with that. So I stumbled into the studio in like Meridian, Mississippi, like middle of nowhere. There happened to be this one yoga studio. Um, I've always meant to reach back out to that place at some point and see if the teachers are still there. Yeah. But that's where most of uh, the advanced jet training is. Got it. Um, there's two locations there in a, a place in, in Kingsville, Texas. But I went through Meridian and 
found yoga. And uh, so the training, I mean, they're, it's intense. They're yelling at you. You know, they're trying to break you down. They're trying to make sure, you know, obviously aviation is a very, they need you to be confident, but they need you to not be overly confident. Right. So they make sure to keep you from being overly confident by, you know, being very, like I said, we, we look at everything. It's every detail, every decision. You know, you're off of altitude by 50 feet and, you know, you're having some old, retired, like 90-year-old former like, yeah. um, pilot, like yelling on the, <laughs> the simulator, like, you're off, you stink, you know, you're terrible, like, wow. fix yourself. So it's funny to look back now, but at the time it was a pretty uh, intense place, you know, and, and the other piece of that, um, you're trying to fly under the radar. Like that's the big thing about being in flight school is you oh, want to wow. stay. Literally as, and figuratively. Literally and figuratively, you want to be kind of hidden and unknown because the moment that you start to kind of like stand out on anybody's radar, the more they're watching what you do, right? And so the more criticism, the more whatever, it might be good, bad, doesn't matter, but the more obviously you're under the microscope then. Mm. So that was one of the times I think where I learned to start to, I don't want to say play small, but you you realize that standing out was could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, at least that was kind of my first uh experience of that of like okay try to be a little bit hidden you know like don't let your whole personality out don't let everything you're feeling especially emotions god of course don't cry when you're getting yelled at like um all of that and of course with a woman's voice on the radio you're always under the microscope because everybody knows that's oh there's liz you know or right i think my my call sign at the time in flight school was pebbles oh shit so yeah so that was so that was a very intense intense time for those of you who are listening who are not raised in the U.S., <laughs> Pebbles is the daughter of the Flintstones, <laughs> just in case. And not Well, actually, there's a funny story with that <clears> one. <throat> I, but um, tell me. It's a little bit personal, and I, this is kind of funny that I'm sharing this on a podcast, but I had a kidney stone. <gasps> 24-year-old girl has a kidney stone in flight school. From all the stress. Well, the stress, and I didn't drink water. Oh, because shoot. as a female flying, having to go to the bathroom is pretty much the worst thing ever, right? The guys have contraptions very easy so I always was dehydrated my whole life I've been like was dehydrated so anyway I had this like incident wow. and I mean everything was fine and but um yeah so I got the nickname pebbles in flight school that yeah. is unfortunate slightly hilarious and <laughs> it's funny I'm sorry. to laugh at now yes we can look back now and laugh never shared that one <laughs> my friend um the way that they break you down is so disturbing to me and i don't want to criticize it because i know that it also makes the you know soldiers and officers stronger in preparation for combat i get that but that's a lot to endure and to choose yes. you know there's somebody listening right now, I'm sure, who's endured that in the context of their home and their family. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got broken down so that they would be stronger, quote unquote. But in fact, it's damaging. <clears throat> it's difficult, deleterious. And it builds up. And it you builds know? up. And, then, and those are kind of some of the things that I see now when I look back and we use that word service. Yeah. We don't recognize how much it requires of people to literally turn down the volume on pieces of themselves oh. so that they can be what they need to be in the military and do it well. You right. know, and there's nothing 
and that that obviously we'll talk about this later when that flows into teaching yoga with these communities because you can't ask people to just turn things off then they can't you know for so many years it's you push aside these emotions because you can't be run you know when you're operating multi-million dollar equipment you can't have a moment where you're like i don't feel good about this you know like my emotion my emotional mm -hmm. state you can't talk about those things you can't acknowledge those things right you can't let them out of the box and so you put them in a box and you slide them away for a little bit and then later in life, maybe you have a chance to open that box and see what's there. Right. So you had an incident, actually. I did. Not unrelated to what we're talking about. <laughs> no, not at all. I, um, I was in a midair collision <sighs> with another aircraft um, on a, on, in flying over, let's just say, um, someplace <laughs> far away. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was that moment was a, a moment of reckoning for me in some ways and the way that I am now with the yoga community and walk about yoga. So much of that came from that split second of, um, looking outside of my cockpit, seeing into my wingman's, we were that close. Um, and then me attempting to maneuver mine to avoid the collision, but it was a little too late. And the next hour of my life, as I flew back, because we were an hour or so from the aircraft carrier, we still had to get home, still to land. Uh, I just remember that hour of those voices in your head and talking to yourself as you're going back. And I think that, you know, listeners out there everywhere have had those moments in their life where they've had that talk with themselves when something happened. And so I think it's actually pretty relatable, even though it sounds pretty extreme. But no, no, it's for a, sure. I think we all have some moments like that where that voice just begins to talk. Right. And, uh, and, and yes, that was, that was a very a turning point for me. Um, How was the voice talking? It was saying it was kind of like all voices talk. You know, you get the, it's extreme. You go from one extreme to the other. You go from... Uh, especially with the training that we had of like, you, you make it happen, right? You figure it out. So a lot of military training is you might not have all the information you need, but right. you have to make the best decision possible, right? Or you might not have all of um, uh, the assets available to you, but you mm -hmm. have to still get it done. Mm -hmm. So there's this, in essence, this, this um, sense of make it happen, figure it out on the spot, especially under pressure. So you've got that one voice that's like, okay, I can do this. I can figure this out. I'm, I'm, they, you're taught to be very self-reliant in that sense. You know, take take control. We don't get to just sit and think about this. Like, do something, right? Um, even if it's only the eighty percent solution or something. And then the other voices, of course, the ones that you're trying to Dissolve. watch out for, but the ones that are also speaking um, to the fear and the guilt and the shame and the rage and everything else that we feel on the emotional spectrum. Yeah. Um, and so those voices were, were having an, a, quite a battle. <laughs> for an hour. For an hour, yeah. With a missing wingtip. With a missing wingtip, yep. And, um, and I didn't know at the time, you know, if my, because when you come into land on the aircraft carrier, you have to slow down. Um, and so, and put your gear down, of course. And so you don't know if, you know, the, what's happened on your aircraft is going to still be stable at those lower speeds, right? If the aerodynamics are still going to hold up. Yes. So even though you're able to continue on at 350 knots, you know, 400 or so miles an hour, 
when you slow down to 200 miles an hour or so, like what's going what's to be the controllability? So there were a lot of unknowns still at the time. You're so lucky. <laughs> I'm lucky to be here. Wow. Yeah. Landed the plane <clears throat> on the boat. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that was the... Was it a reprimand? Was it a... It was... Uh, I remember as I lined up to come in for landing, um, you know, at this point they've landed all the other jets because, you know, it's just me and my wingman still airborne and uh, 5,000 people in that carrier watching and waiting oh, God. for you to come in, right? And now, you, of course, they already know you've had this collision. You're already, you know, dealing with those voices of guilt and shame and everything else. And now you're like, okay, well, I can just remember telling myself and excuse my French with this, but like, don't f up this f up this last piece, you know, like at yeah. least do like at least end on a high note right yes, now. Yes, yes. Um, pull it together enough to just just land, just land, have a good pass. You can do this. And so that's when the 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 good voices. Let's I don't even want to call them good and bad, but the the positive. It's the voice of reason. Yeah, the self affirming. Like you can do this. You yes. have to do this. Yes. You've been trained for this. You've got this. Calm down, breathe. And this is, yeah. of course, where the breathing really kind of came in for me. I took a lot of deep, long breaths um, on that hour trip back. Yeah. Came in and landed. I am proud to say and humbly say that it was one of the best passes and landings of my life. Arm <laughs> in the goodness. air. This pound. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm grateful for that, you know. Thank God. <laughs> little high note. <laughs> but uh, with everything else going on, because there's plenty of, um, of else. But you land. And uh, it's funny because every time I ever landed on the aircraft carrier, you know, when the you put the hook down in the back, for those yes. of you that, you know, people that may not know, with a Navy jet, you put the hook down in the back and there's four wires and you have to catch. Usually we're aiming for the third wire. Yes. If you catch the first wire, ugh, terrible pass, you know, terrible pilot kind of thing. Right. If you catch no wires, it's called a bolter and you have to go around. And I was like, oh, just don't do that, right? Like then well, everybody's got the wire will hold you as you land. Yeah, the wire stops <clears throat> you. And so it. there's four. And I just remember being like, okay, you know, just like nail the, nail the landing, right? And I did. And like I was saying, every time I've ever landed on the aircraft carrier, my legs were always shaking because, mm -hmm. you know, it, it stops you, but then you have to have your feet on the brakes to kind of taxi around. And my legs always shook, but this time, of course, they were shaking more than ever as I was taxiing. And then uh, I pulled up. Everybody's standing, everybody's waiting, everybody's watching. Looking, um, examining. Looking, examining everything, and you climb out. And I just remember in those moments being like, enjoy this. Yes. Because this might be the last time. And was it? It was. Wow. Yeah, it was. Um, but I do remember that hour. I'm, I'm grateful for those moments in that hour on the way back of being like, look outside. Look, look at what you're doing. Appreciate this for what it is. Wow. Um, brief or not. Wow. And, um, and then make this enjoy enjoy this last hour so dude yeah i have tears in my eyes that's so serious yeah wow it's funny i wrote down a question to ask you what was the best learning <laughs> from your whole experience in the military that you wish you could give to somebody who will never be in the military my gift like the finest my, learning that you've got. My gift is honestly just self-forgiveness. You know, no matter yeah. what it is, no matter how deep and dark and how you stumble, mm. um, to know that 
that there is a way out mm. um, and it's waiting and, and it's possible. Um, and that is pretty much what I devote now my life to. Mm. The self-forgiveness piece is something that we're always trying to learn, I guess, no matter what. And I think that, you know, that self-forgiveness piece comes very much hand in hand to me with self-love and what that actually looks like. Yeah. Because there's been so many times in my life I thought I knew what self-love was. You know, I was like, oh, I've got self-love. I love what I do. I love what I am. I'm strong. I'm this. You know, you talk yourself up, especially in that world where, God, it took a lot of positive self-talk to make it through all of that stress and, and tough and competitive times. And so I thought I knew what self-love was. Like I thought I knew what self-confidence was. I thought I knew how to stand up for myself in that community, in that world, and even in the real world. And this moment that brought me to my knees, uh, I think is what has been the gift yeah. of, of finding what it really means. <clears throat> the catalyst. Mm-hmm. And so how long after that did you find yourself wanting to offer yoga? So I came back from that and that was a, a tough, let's, I'd say two years afterwards of all the fallout um, and the things I went through. And, um, you know, there's a lot of details to that, but suffice it to say that uh, major, you know, especially as a woman. Yeah. And being so, um, so vision, like uh, vulnerable. And so mm. again, under that microscope of everybody's watching, everybody's looking and some things happened along the way as well that I had a lot of anger and rage for how the process had gone. Cause I don't think it would, I, I can say that it wouldn't have gone this way if I was a man. I can say that now. I couldn't have said that to you even five, six, wow. seven years ago, but I do yeah. believe that. And you know, for the longest time, I don't think I wanted to admit that because I didn't want to be just another mm, I get complaining, it. I get it. you know, that thing yeah. that we all I worry about sometimes as yeah. women, which is a shame in itself. <clears throat> but it's, it's a shame true. that we have to worry about being that that person, that exactly. woman who, who calls a spade a spade. Yeah. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of... Um, <clears throat> but it's real. Yeah, it is. It's very real. And... So there were a lot of different pieces of this. Obviously, there was the accident itself. Yeah. Um, because I remember afterwards being like, I'm a really good pilot. I know I'm a good pilot. And I knew that my, um, you know, the, all the guys that I flew with in the air wing, I knew that they knew this. But because of this one incident, you know what I mean? Like things totally. like that just leave you so vulnerable to that shame. And so there was that piece. And then there was the piece of whether I even wanted to stay in the military mm. because I was angry and had, you know, rage of the way that the case was handled uh, and the things that had been done. And so I had another piece of like, what am I doing in this? You know, how do I how do I fight from the inside out or do I just leave it and walk, you know, brush my hands and say, OK, if you're going to hold all the cards in the deck, then I want nothing to do with the deck. Yep. Um, and I can gratefully say that I, I chose not to do that so that I could. Now I see it as secretly an act change from the inside. Right, right. But, you know, I had to deal with all those different pieces. And so in the midst of that, I found um, a wonderful studio in Virginia Beach called Studio Bamboo and a teacher that was very familiar with working with military. And I think she saw 
Wow. The healing that was needed within yeah. me. Um, Let's and, shout her out. What's her name? Her name is Ann Richardson Stevens. Ann uh, Richardson Stevens. Yeah, she does a lot with. Um, I feel like I've been in touch with her. Possibly. You probably have. Yeah, she's a she's one of a student of Beryl Bender Birch's and Beryl's does a lot the with. Best. Yeah, she oh, is. Beryl I gotta get Beryl on the podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. Making we'll a all, note. Yeah, making, making a note. A note. <laughs> yeah, Studio Bamboo. It's called the Institute of Yoga, and um, so I started my two hundred hour training after all of this. And I think a lot of us that find 200 hour trainings, you know, do so not just to become yoga teachers, but because of, we just need, there's something else. Because we love it. That catalyst has happened and we're like, and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know mm. what it would do for me, but I was like, there's something about this yoga thing that makes me feel better. <laughs> so let's start there. You know, what's the next right step with this? Now, after the 200 hour training, where are you living? And what comes next that precipitates this entire, you know, website and, and realm called Walkabout Yoga? I was, when I left active duty, I was, I needed to get away. Yeah. And so I, I went on a walkabout. I literally went oh, on a, gosh. That's, <laughs> on a that's how it happened. five month walkabout and spent a month in Mysore, India, <clears throat> practicing Ashtanga with Saraswati Joyce and, wow. um, you know, just, just when I bought a, a one way, you know, did a round the world plane ticket and when went, and I realized later on how serendipitous this name is because a walkabout really is about exploring the world around you, but ultimately coming home and recognizing that it was all within you all along Yes, and everything was there. And yes. so the walkabout became how, how do we experience life and go outside of ourselves and end up in the military or end up in whatever career path we end up in the life choices and ultimately, we re we all return home at some point to this mm -hmm. realization that, yeah, there's these life lessons to go through and learn and experience outside of our comfort zones. But it's not like you're ever finding anything. You're really just returning back to what was. And um, as Glennon Doyle would say, remembering, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, remembering all those things that were in us at the right. beginning. So, so yeah, so the, the walk about yoga, I started... Uh, teaching yoga with some military communities with my teacher Anne on bases and um, you know I was traveling so much and I had the opportunity and I had so many ins at military bases that it was really an opportunity opportunity for me to share it in different places and that kind of I never intended to do as much work with the military as I've done it's funny but it's all of those opportunities kept presenting themselves to me calling me in it's how you it's how you heal the the wound Mm -hmm. The rent in the fabric. Right, right, yeah. And so then I started the yoga retreats and because I love to travel and just, again, to me, traveling isn't just a luxury thing to do. I just, I love seeing yourself in strangers' eyes, right, as totally. Pico Iyer would say. Like, it's such a way to learn who you are um, is outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And I and obviously in an aircraft's kind of like that too, you know, outside your comfort zone. So... Yeah, that's that's kind of where that that all began, the walkabout yoga, and uh, and honestly, I I don't know if I've necessarily had a plan with it. Things just kind of roll and happen, and you know, I wake up one morning and then I had this idea of like, oh, why don't I do a sponsorship where I can take a veteran on my yoga retreats? Like, you know, you just oh. wake up and these things kind of like, there really right. was no perfect plan at the beginning. It just sure. evolved into all these different aspects of it, um, the yoga retreats and. Um, teacher trainings that are very much 
my teacher trainings are, and not, I'm not trying to promote them, but I just, I choose to really focus on the psychological and chakra work, um, in terms of healing all of those different pieces, because obviously I'm inspired by my own healing and inner journey with these, these pieces. So anyone who says chakra properly, I'm sold, (laughs) please don't, don't say chakra. Um, the retreats, trainings, both are a part of Walkabout Yoga now. Who are you actually training? Are you doing 200 hour, 300 hour? What's happening there? Because that I think is very interesting for some people who are interested in helping and doing their yoga teacher training as a service. I do a uh, 200 hour teacher training mm-hmm. and I've actually, this is so cool. Um, I originally was going to do it myself. And the girl that I ended up partnering with, her name is Nargiza Farrell. She's amazing. Mm. And she's an Anusara and mm. bowspring teacher. Mm. And at the time, we were like, well, how are we going to get these two worlds? My background, Ashtanga and power and, you know, sure. uh, vinyasa style sure, sure. and her bowspring and Anusara style. And it has become the most incredible experience of, of tolerance, I think, in the yoga community of styles, the way that we talk about the body, the way that we experience energy in the body. So anyway, that, that morphed again, there was no plan with that. We, I had this whole plan. I was going to do this 200 hour by myself. Her and I met for lunch one day. She was like, Liz, you have the organizational skills. I've always wanted to lead a TT. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Amazing. And, um, so yeah, so our TT is, um, we lead a 200 hour and, uh, uh, what I'm really excited about, and this is kind of the next piece, is some online courses are coming up. And I had this vision in the last two weeks. I've been doing this kind of eight-week deep future self meditation course. And I want to pull together a bunch of specialists in every realm mm. um, to create a course, an online course, uh, you know, Ayurvedic and mm-hmm. um, um, meditation courses, obviously the yoga pieces, creative writing pieces, even my... Uh, I, I have a dream worker I work with every week. Cool. Her name is Annette Hulafeld, and I'm helping build her website right now. But she does dream work, and she's also a psychotherapist. Anna, she has all this cool shaman energy. Yes. A reader and tarot and stuff. And so I want to pull in all these different aspects and and um, create this world of really finding this healing with all these different ways and maybe ways that we haven't been exposed to. Cause I know myself, like mm. my experience with yoga was so limited, my experience with the physical practice. And now only now am I starting to be like, Oh wow, the meditation world is pulling me in and all of these other diet and, um, yeah, you know, understanding the doshas and all yeah. these other pieces. So, so that's kind of in the, the realm of the next step. And I don't even know what, I don't know what that's going to look like either. It's kind of like everything else. Things just kind of come together when they're supposed to. Exactly. You're not really supposed to know in advance. You can have a nice (laughs) vision, but let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you also for following your nose, as it were. The the concept of discipline came up for me a few times while you were talking, and I just wanted to make sure that I cover that because I'm curious. When it comes to your own practice now, And when it came to your time in the military and now that you're out and you're creating curricula of your own for people to follow, what role does discipline play and how has that evolved over time? That's that's a great question. Discipline, you know, people always say, I could never be in the military. I'm not disciplined. I can't take orders from other people. And I'm like, if you knew who I was, (laughs) so rebellious, I've gotten in trouble so many times. 
especially in the military. And that actually came to play with, um, with some things later on when I was leaving the military because they were like, you know, you're kind of rogue. So anyway, I always oh, find that God. amusing when people are like, you're, I could never do that. And I'm like, oh, you're, I always say to people, you're more capable of a lot more things than we ever think that we are right. um, in every aspect, in every realm. But discipline, yeah, that, that word, I think it started early on with discipline of, of how do I really let go of this thing called the ego and right. recognizing. To me, discipline is more of recognizing when... Cause I know I can, I can lie myself into perfect oblivion. <laughs> I think Sean Korn once said that. I love that line. I can lie myself into perfect oblivion if I want to. Totally. And so to me, my practice, you know, not just on the map, but it's, um, like I said, that self-forgiveness piece, I could completely become an addict to a yoga practice or a meditation practice. And I have to do this every day for this amount of time. Right. And so discipline actually to me was how do I let myself off the hook? Mm. How do I not? have to do this strict regiment of whatever it is in life wow. and soften those edges. And again, the, yeah. you know, the other side of that now is, is the discipline of really every time that I think I have something checking myself, right? <laughs> like, Oh, you think you got this? You think you know something? Not quite right. You're not quite there. And totally. so I think it's, it's been the discipline of humility along the way. And luckily I've had life give me some great opportunities for that. But again, it's, it's keeping ourselves in that realm of, of stepping into different experiences being open, yeah. right? The discipline to be open, I think is, is kind of what it comes down to. It's the anti-discipline dude, <laughs> but it's the discipline to keep doing that. Yes. Really nice answer. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting that either. <laughs> I've never really, been asked that question. Really good. The, uh, couple more things that I, have for you and then i have just three sort of quick questions that i ask everyone the salute hmm. there was an aspect of it there was a i read a couple of pieces that you had a couple of interviews and things that you've done and one in particular an interview with rob schwer the founder of give back hmm. yoga oh he's amazing we love you rob <laughs> GiveBackYoga.org. Yes, yes i am a big fan we created will, some online free videos for military, actually. Oh, let's with hear Dium. Okay. Yeah, they're on YouTube. Um, Great. Just YouTube. I think they're just called um, Yoga for Warriors um, videos. Great. Uh, Guyam was so supportive and Give Back Yoga. Uh, I, they flew me out to Colorado and we taped these series and it's one hour long class and then four short, like one for hamstrings, um, hips. Oh, that's great. Um, shoulders, you know, and back openers, a lot of the things that military members have issues with. And the best yeah. part was I brought two guinea pigs with me as my students. And they were these like special forces guys that had never done yoga oh, before. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so it's really funny as I'm trying to teach this class and I'm like, take, put your arms over your head. No, put your arms over your head, you know? And like, they're like, they what, are you, what are you talking about? They're like, what like are you? shoulder height. Oh, yeah. They're, Bless. Yes. And uh, so it, it's real. It's yes. actually very raw. You'll see me have to give multiple cues. because, yes. And that's what I wanted these videos yeah. to be, was very raw yeah. um, and and truthful to what, you know, people would experience, especially new members um, trying, or new yogis that are military. Um, because I used to teach in Germany, and people would ask me, you know, they'd sneak up to me and be like, hey, I really but I don't want to go into a yoga studio. How do I try yoga again? So that's when we came up with this idea with Give Back Yoga to, to create these videos so people could do them at home, in the comfort of their own home, to try it. So YouTube, Yoga for Warriors, 
Would you put in Give Back Yoga? In mm-hmm. the, you could put in Give Back Yoga field? or okay. My Name Liz Corwin, I think it might be part of it. Um, okay. I think I am. Uh, It'd be good for yeah. guys who, you know, if you're, if you're a guy listening <laughs> and you have been lifting weights for a really long time or you're, you know, a former athlete of some kind and your shoulders are super tight, anything is super tight. This is a good resource for you, and it's free, and it's available right this second. So take a look. That's smart. Um, Sorry, back to back to Rob Schwartz. Back Give to back Rob. in the interview. He noted. Thank you for that. He noted that uh, he asked you about the salute, and you gave him a story about this one moment. I think when you were first. <gasps> oh my God! You were first uh, becoming an officer. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna. This is, but this is part of the interview that's gonna make me cry. Sorry, this, baby. No, this uh, my gunnery sergeant. He, uh, he was so hard, and he was the toughest guy I ever knew, and he was you Your know those, gunnery sergeant. My gunnery sergeant Smith, and if he's out there, he's no longer gunnery sergeant. He's now retired, but he, um, he made it much higher up in the ranks, and he. Uh, but at the time, he was my gunnery sergeant Smith, and he was so tough, and he would yell at us, and mm. um. But he had this tender heart underneath. You could just tell, right? And he really became a father, kind of like a father figure through college for me because, of course, as a young girl in college, there's lots of ways to get lost. And uh, he was really there for me. And um, anyway, the day that I graduated college and you put on the military uniform and um, my older brother in the Army was there with my grandfather to put my, you know, the officer ranks and things on you and kind of now it's official, you're an officer and you render that first salute, your oh, first gosh. salute ever that you are given. And Gunnery Sergeant Smith, this, you know, I'm 21, he's 45 to 50, and he's, he's saluting me now. It was <sighs> after four years of him yelling at me because I, you know, I wasn't quite an officer yet. And he saluted me, and I realized that his belief in that salute had nothing to do, I mean, of course it was to the person and things too, but it had to do, he, he believed so strongly yeah. in the structure and what he believed in and, and what he was serving. Yes. And I took that with me forever, you know, just, it's not about you. And, and, and I think this really ties into the yoga community too. It's when we feel serve, when we feel in service, when we feel like there's something higher than us, that place of connection and mm. community mm. and humility and it's, it's so powerful, you know? And so, and so I do like to, there's a comparison there to me is when you're in service and when you can really get out of your own way and recognize that there's something more that we're connected to. And therefore we're connected to each other through that. Um, so yeah, so the salute kind of has that meaning is pretty powerful. It's a mudra, dude. (laughs) It is. It's a mudra. Just like namaste. Wow. I felt that so deeply. I can just picture your little... Did you have long hair at the time? Oh, I had very long hair. Yeah. Yes, yeah. How did you tie it up? Did you put it, was it all always, up in a little knot Yeah, or it was always in a bun or something. Behind but your I, head. Yeah, but I kept my long hair forever. I recently just cut it for the first time in my whole life. Mm. Um, I'd never had... It's short. actually quite nice. Thank you. Yeah, I, I honest, but I kept long hair because of the military. I because bet. on a Friday, Saturday night... I wanted to be somebody else. Yeah. You know, I wanted, it was like, it was almost, it sounds silly, but it was my way of rebellion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Keeping my long hair so that on a Friday, Saturday night, I um, I feel like a woman again, you sure. know, like really feel like a woman. Sure, so. sure. And I think just recently I was like, you know what, that 
I don't need that anymore. I mean, it served its purpose for the time when I wanted it. Yeah. And uh, so I, I shed it recently. But. Super nice. Thank you. What, uh, the th- there are three questions that I ask everyone. First is, what needs healing right now? Connection. Seeing ourselves and others. Oh, my gosh. Uh, for me, this is this is what everything comes down to is, how do I see myself and others? And how do mm-hmm. I, how do I recognize the pieces of me that that interplay of, of, of that connection, that yeah. unity, um, that compassion, right? And until we can find that self-love and all those things we talked about, that self-forgiveness, we're so hard on others and we can't find that connection then. Um, so that's why I believe so strongly in healing mm-hmm. those things inside of ourselves because it's the only way that we're going to find that connection again. So your assignment, if you're listening for this particular episode, is find someone you emulate. I'm making this up as I go, but I think it's the right one. Find someone you emulate and find yourself in them. What part of them looks like you? What part of you looks like that? And find that connection. I think that's a really nice way to yeah. That's that's that. like tapping into that um, that the vibration. Yeah. When you tap into the vibration of who you want to be, mm. you will become. Yeah, because now you are in tune with that vibration, and so that person, like you said, that you emulate, or even tapping into that frequency, yeah, will take you there. Very and you nice. You become a part of it. Very nice. And I would make notes on it if you are going to, you know, willingly take on the assignment. I would make some notes. Write down this person's name that you emulate. Write down the qualities that you feel you either currently embody or you know you can in some eventual time embody and start to connect the dots. I love that. Second question, what is your favorite view of all? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything obvious. Like people give some pretty off the wall answers, which I love. What's your favorite view? View. Yeah. Well, that's a big view to look at, view to hold. My favorite view Lately, honestly, I've been doing a lot of this, these future self meditations. My favorite view is tapping into that vibration of that woman that I want to be when I'm, when I'm that woman. And this morning, actually, I was meditating for a bit, um, with my meditation, his name's meditation teacher, his name's Peter Opperman. Wonderful. I'm doing one of his courses right now, an eight week course, but this morning I tapped into it and I was trying to think about what's going to happen today on this podcast. And my favorite view, I would say is when I can tap into that vib- that vibration of who that woman is, mm. of just fierce love. Mm. Just seeing the world with just fierce love. It's so. all that comes when you get older. I think you're, you're 36 now. 36, yes. So I'm 12 years older, but it really is all that comes. As the years, you know, wash behind you, you just start to see, and I know that I'm still young, please, if you're older than me, I say this with the utmost respect, and I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm old by any means. <laughs> But I do feel the truth of the years falling away from me and just what's left is no stuff. It's just love. Like, how do I get closer to that experience Mm -hmm. every second? And we have those moments where we tap into it, right? And I think everybody kind of, there's some point in your day where something that you can tap into, and maybe that's their next homework assignment, is find that one thing that makes you, you know, feel that for that moment, bring something to mind, especially gratitude, such a great way to, to capture that very quickly and to hold on to that and to be able to see that vision mm. for a moment. Mm. And again, then it becomes, well, how do I get back there quicker? Yes. When I fall away from it, how do I get back there quicker? Yes. You know, that, that, um, 
kind of what do it's a recovery. It? The recovery. It's, it's the yes, recovery. exactly, exactly. The recovery. How quickly can I get back there each and every time, especially when triggered or angry or right. cut off or whatever in right. traffic? Or how do we get back there? Very good. And lastly, what does prayer mean to you? Surrender. Mm. Again, surrender. It to me, everything just comes back to when I surrender and I can remember what that connection feels like with everything, each other, the universe, the spirits, the our own soul contract and journey and the healing that needs to pl- take place. That's what prayer means to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. The site is walkaboutyoga, walkaboutyoga.com. Liz Corwin, you're a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Elena. Thank you. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.